0: it's good to be back it's good to see y'all again i know i got to hang out with y'all's youth over this last weekend so that was a good time i i'm so glad i told john john had asked me around the new year and i i almost picked sometime in january and er, early february but i'm glad you already had those spots filled because i would have been running around like crazy it's just been really crazy we just finished our um our revival and stuff two weeks ago and then this last week we had uh, Cedar Canyon I got to see y'all's group there Misty uh, brought a good group down and it was actually cool we got to merge our small group from Vernon was merged with the Quanta group so it was really cool getting to know your kids and them getting to know ours I know we had a good time the revival was crazy I think we had like close to 300 kids. I know um, I saw John and Misty, but 300 kids at this event, and it was just from all the area. I know we had Quana I think Chillicothe, Kroll, Vernon, and uh, Nathan did such a good job, and it was just a God-filled, packed weekend. So these last couple weekends, I've just been riding a high, and then now I've got the sermon this week, so it's just been a, a good time. Um, I'm glad my wife and two daughters, uh, one's I think playing probably back there with the Knoxes, but uh, this is Sammy, she's a little one, and this is my wife Stephanie. So I'm glad they're here this morning. All right, let me get here. All right, so it's been a busy, but it's been a good busy. And I'm going to jump just right into this. I've got a number for you here. It's uh, 75%. I'm not good with math, but I believe that's about three out of four. If you had, if you had three quarters and you stacked them up, that, that's what 75 of a doll, 75% of a dollar would be. I heard this stat over the radio, and it explained that over 75% of all falls happen on the way down. So if you're climbing something, 75% of the time, if you fall, it's going to be on the way down. So you may, if y'all don't know, I climb the wind turbines day to day, and we climb a 300-foot ladder. So maybe this stat just caught my attention. but as soon as I heard it, I knew, it just spoke to me. As soon as I heard that, I was just like, how, how do we fall after we've made it already to the top? And I, I heard this before these last couple weeks, and I know just God put that on my heart, and it's just been on my heart these last couple of weeks. So what I did, I, I researched and I found um, that article that that radio station had actually um, quoted and it was an article written by Sarah Napton, who is a science editor for the Telegraph, and the article was titled "Climbing a Mountain? Question Mark: The Real Danger Starts When You Get to the Top." So, um, a little little quotes from the article. It says, summiting, "Summiting a mountain may sound like a daunting prospect, but the real danger lies in coming back down again." A new study shows that while hikers may feel they have conquered the hardest part after reaching the peak, in fact, 75% of all falls occur on the road home. A mix of loose gravel, uneven ground, exhaustion, and physical exertion of walking downhill all combine to make the descent a more treacherous journey than the climb. I feel like Jesus could have used that article as a parable. I feel like that's a parable. If y'all can kind of see where I'm going from this, Um, I can see him saying we had three shepherds who climbed a mountain, and it wasn't on the climb. It was after they climbed the mountain is where they stumbled. This hit me, and while it may seem crazy to think after you have climbed and made it to the top, it only gets more dangerous when you get there. I'm speaking to the spirit this morning. And I just want us to open our eyes, open our hearts this morning and just look at the deeper meaning in this. Now could you please turn with me to Luke chapter 9 verses 28 through 35. We'll be talking about the transfiguration. Luke chapter 9, verse 28. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up on top, onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as, the, as a flash of lightning. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring fulfillment to Jerusalem, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Technology. About eight days after uh, Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto the mountain to pray. As he, became, as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about the departure, which he was about to bring to to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here let us put three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid, and they entered the, as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son who I am, have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found Jesus was alone. The disciples kept. This to themselves and did not tell anyone at the time what they had seen. All right, this is, when I think of a mountaintop experience, this is a mountaintop experience like nothing else. Um, They get uh, Peter... Jesus literally takes Peter, John, and James up a mountain, and they get to witness an encounter like nothing else. They witness Jesus speaking with Elijah and Moses in their glorious splendor, speaking of his soon departure. Have you ever sat at a table or been in a room of people that you just didn't know what to do or say? Uh, I was going to make a joke. This happens every time I eat with my in-laws, but like I can see, (laughs) Stephanie said not to use that one, but at least now imagine you're sitting at that table. We've had this experience. I know somebody's had this experience, but now imagine that you are sitting at a table with the Son of God, your Lord and Savior, a Red Sea splitting Moses. And a prophet who was taken up in a chariot of fire up into heaven. And you get to sit at this table and listen to them talk. I don't know if you could pick a better situation to be a fly on the wall and just sit there and listen. At least Peter said something. I would have been that guy with the awkward hands and just staring and like feeling I needed to do something as they were visiting. What a wonderful encounter. What a moment, what an experience. And like Peter, we want to stay in that moment and build shelters and stay in it as long as we can. But Jesus, like he always does, just presses us to move forward. 75%. I think this is something as Christians that we do a really bad job at doing. And that's preparing ourselves and others from coming back down or coming coming back down from this mountaintop experience. Once we have an encounter with Jesus like this, it's oftentimes this, you can see why it's dangerous after this. It's hard to replicate. Once you have this encounter experience, and for some people this may have happened at your baptism, maybe a church camp or a revival, a place and time where you encountered Christ, and that's all it was, and it turned into something as a place in time and that's all it's ever turned into was one time that you encountered Christ you built a shelter there you're you're safe there you know what you felt in that moment and you don't mind sharing that te- that testimony when someone asks about it and you revisit in your mind and it slowly turns into a place in time way back when when you encountered Christ some of us fell hard after this encounter. We rolled down the mountain. We could beat Peter up and look at all the times that he messed up after this encounter. This transfiguration, this is right after Peter said face-to-face with Jesus that you are the Messiah. When Jesus asked, who do you say I am? This is, that's what Peter said to him. I want to believe that everyone in the Bible that Jesus told that he healed that he uh, made the blind see um, the sins that he forgave. I want to believe that, Jesus, that those people went and sinned no more when Jesus said go and sin no more. But just looking at the numbers and just knowing me as a, pu- a person, a human being, I can, I can bet that didn't happen for everybody. We can see the disciples, how many times they screwed up, and they were there with Jesus every moment with him. Somehow we have professed. Somehow, when we professed, sometime when we professed Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we thought we were going, we were never going to fall or make a mistake again. We thought that somehow we were going to change and make, not make mistakes. But just follow Peter's journey, and you will see that that's just not the case. I love it when people say, "How could he deny him?" Uh, three times after he witnessed everything that Peter did. And I hear people, people say that, but I get nervous if I would think of myself in that position. We get to that point, and when we get in that situation, I would get nervous. I've done some really dumb things. I've done some really irrational things, and this is things I've done after I've known Jesus. So when I hear that, you know, that makes me nervous. But how do we go forth as a new creature back into the world? And that's how, how do we live with ourselves as this new creature after we've witnessed who Jesus is? It's hard to live with yourself. How do we put on the same boots, go to the same job, the same school, sleep in the same bed, but be made new? Number one. I got three things for you. Number one, we should be in constant pursuit. We can't treat that encounter with Christ as a place and time that something happened. We have to be in constant pursuit. Jesus doesn't wait for you to meet him, for you to find him your whole life and say, Awesome, you found me. All right, I'll see you at the end. Good luck. He doesn't do that. I'm glad you found me. Good luck. He is there every day. And there is always something new to discover about him. And he has so many good things planned for us, so much purpose for us that uh, he can take us place that we never imagined that we could ever go, only if we just follow and walk with him every day. Find something that connects you with Jesus. If you're not a reader, be a listener. If you're not a listener, find a group of people you can talk with Jesus with. Pursue him and read your Bible. you got to read your Bible. That's a good way. Number two, you are going to fall. You're going to mess up. That's, I think that's the best one. You're going to get beat up. Just when you think you've got it all figured out, you will trip. You will slip up. And that's part of this journey. That's part of this walk with God. Think back to, and everybody has one of these stories, that one family road trip where everything went wrong. Uh, one, of ours, it, one of ours, we were stuck in Tucumcari, New Mexico for two days. Um, car broke down. We were on the way for Thanksgiving to go to Colorado, and we almost ate uh, Thanksgiving dinner at Napa Auto Parts. Had the owner, he met us Thanksgiving Day and got us the part we needed, and I literally changed the part out in the car right there in the parking lot, and we were able to keep going. had a... Stephanie was very pregnant at that time, and a four-year-old stuck in a hotel room for two days. There's not a lot of games when everything's closed in town as well. If you ever drive through Tucumcari, you'll kind of understand where we were. But it's fun for people to tell these stories because they were able to overcome that trip. You can look back and you can laugh where in the moment you were far from laughter. Just because you know where you're going doesn't mean that you're going to stumble along the way. So number one, we were uh, be in pursuit. Number two, we're going to fall. We know that. And last but not least, we have to be an encourager. Be an encourager. Help those around you get to where they need to be. So if, you, if you're in a place where you don't feel like you can be an encourager, then go back to step one. We'll go back and we'll be in pursuit. We'll fall, and then we'll be able to encourage people not to fall where we fell. All right, that's how it works. Yeah, where we fell. Encourage people. We love hiking and when we go to Colorado there's our favorite hike is um it's the Opal Lake hike in Pagosa Springs but it's a long drive to get there it takes about 30 45 minutes to get there up the mountain the kids get dizzy in the car but once they get there it's a it's a pretty steep hike starting out but by the time you get to the top there's this beautiful little lake that is crystal clear and you can see there's Pond is just surrounded by aspens and there's some old trees you can set and we try to have a picnic every time we go up there but on our way back and it never fails that we see there's always that group that's never been on the hike before and they're dying they're coming up and they're maybe halfway um You know, that may be out of shape. Their kids are swinging from the trees, and they're just like, how much? And there's always one, and they look at you with so much hope, and they say, how much further is it? You know, and sometimes they're close, and sometimes they're far away. For those ones that are far away, that's where we're to be the encouragers. When they're close, that's where we can encourage people. You can mess with them, but no. You need to say, encourage those people because they they can make it. They can make it. Um, they can get to the top of the mountain. Help if they're not there. You, we can be those people to encourage people to get to that point. Uh, we often, we often remember Peter. Yes, be an I want to say this real quick. Be humble. Give grace. Let your walk be an encouragement to those around you. We often remember Peter because of his denial. But I challenge you to read about Peter, the encourager. Read about Peter in Acts and so on and see what Jesus saw in him. See the potential that Jesus saw the whole time. And I guarantee that this is a lot of how Jesus sees us as people in the church. He sees all of this potential sitting there and he's only waiting for us to discover that. A good visual and some of you kids, I know whoever went to Cedar Canyon last week um, and your volunteers, this is a visual I wanted to leave y'all with this morning. And if you've ever made that trip, it's, was it two and a half hours from here, about three hours from Vernon? And uh, right before you get to camp, there, you get to dip down into the Paladura Canyon. And it's just an awesome time as a bus driver. It's the only good point of being a bus driver. But I get to look back and something I always try to do. I look back in the mirror real quick because it's cool to see the kids will put down their phones or they'll put down their iPads and take off their headphones and they will look just at the beauty of that canyon because that bus almost gets vertical coming down the hill. And it's awesome to see those kids just look out the window and experience just what God has made. And when you're in the lowest part of that canyon, there is a river that has just enough water in it to make you wonder how it ever gets out of the canyon. If you were to stop and get out and look from that bridge, you would see what would appear to be mountains. When you're in the bottom of that canyon, when you look up, it looks like you're surrounded by mountains. There was a time when Stephanie, um, Stephanie and I had just went through our second miscarriage, and two weeks later, we had to drive a group of kids to Cedar Canyon, and in Cedar Canyon, and it was that road trip in that valley where I looked at those mountains, and this is what I realized. I was like, those look like mountains, and it was that trip. And I can say that God has, God will deliver you. It is a journey. When you get to the top and when you're coming out of that canyon, what do you see, if anybody's been through that? What do you, what do you see when you get to the top of that canyon? Wet land. Yeah, wetland. It's flat as can be. There is not, there's not a hill, there's not a gopher mound inside. And you look back and you say, what did I come out of? And it's just flat land. And it's when you see that, it's as flat as you can see, as far as you can see. It's almost laughable how flat it is. Y'all laughed a little bit. And when you look back, you will see what looked like a mountain really wasn't a mountain to you at all. You will see the purpose and promise that God has for you. Sammy, right there, is proof that she is that promise, that deliverance, that God was with us through that journey. He will be with you along the journey. So always be in pursuit. You're going to fall it's a given, you're going to get back up, and you're going to encourage others as you encourage yourself to press on. All right, will you join me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time this morning that we just get to spend time talking about you, God, and learning more about you. Help us to always be every day in pursuit, Lord. I know Forgive us when we're not in constant pursuit, God, but just show us new ways to discover you. Help forgive us when we fall, Lord. Forgive us of our sins and when we fall short of you, but help us to understand and be encouraged by you that we can get back up and help others to follow you, God. We thank you for these opportunities, and let us take advantage of those wholeheartedly. And, Lord, I just thank you for this church. Uh, Thank you for the opportunity to speak. In your name we pray, amen.